Hello, my name is Jacob. And I'm his co-host, five-year-old Olivia. Do you have kids? And are your kids curious? If you answered yes, you should check out Curious Kid Podcast, a weekly educational podcast for curious kids and grown-ups. Every week we learn about another topic. We've already learned about spider webs, batteries, the moon, and so much more. You can find us at CuriousKidPodcast.Buzzsprout.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. The folklore in Kid Cryptid wouldn't exist if it weren't for the rich history and vibrant cultures these stories come from. While we do our best to provide accurate information, we recognize that we are, at best, amateurs here. This podcast is best considered for entertainment purposes only, and it comes from a place of love and respect for the peoples behind the lore. Now, on with the show. I'm Sean. I'm Elias. And you are listening to Kid Cryptid, the podcast where we talk about those mischievous and mayhem-causing creatures known as cryptids. How's it going, Elias? Good. Like the Wendigo, this week's cryptid comes to us from Native American lore. Unlike the Wendigo, I didn't have the benefit of speaking to anyone that grew up with it as part of their culture. So I'm hoping I don't do a disservice to the indigenous peoples and their customs, particularly those in the northeastern United States where this creature primarily inhabits. All right. So without further ado, I am ready to talk about the Puckwudgie. Okay, did you say pup or puck? Puck. Puck? Aren't wedgies and pucks like... Because I'm pretty sure there's something called a wedgie board. You're thinking a Ouija board. Oh. Uh, totally different. Oh. Okay. A Ouija board is supposed to help you talk with the, the spirits. Like the future? Because I'm pretty sure it helps by future... Isn't it sort of like... Okay, you know what? Just keep talking. So, Puckwudgie is actually the most common modern English way to say it. Oh. There are actually a number of other pronunciations and spellings depending on specific tribes. But overall, they tend to have a similar sound. Bugwudgenini, or Bugwudgie, for example. In the end, it all means the same thing. Person of the wilderness. Okay, but... Bug wedge anini, that's like... It sounds like puck wedgie. Yeah. But instead they say bug. So they add a knee and they also say bug. The native, there were, I mean, each tribe pretty much had its own language, so... Yeah. There were a lot of different languages I mean, kind of talking about similar it, things. It's not that different, because there's only some things that make it different. No, it's very close. Standing about knee height, puckwudgies are said to have human-like features, only exaggerated. By that, I mean their fingers, nose, and ears tend to be longer and bigger than on a regular person. Their skin is grayish and smooth, and according to some traditions, they may have a sweet smell to them. This overall look tends to get them confused with goblins and the like, which does little to help their reputation. Based on physical appearance alone, they bear a pretty strong similarity to European descriptions of fairies and even leprechauns. Wait, what? Fairies? 
Fairies? Well, I mean, leprechauns were considered fairies. Yeah, but the wedgie, the the puck and wedgie, puck wedgie, the puck wedgie has no wings and it's much bitter. It's I mean not bitter, bigger. Yeah, isn't it? Well, I said it stands about up to about my knee. By your, uh, that is almost like a dwarf. Like about dwarf size and like fantasy. We're gonna have to have a talk about that later. Um, All right. So, what do you think the puckwudgie does? Maybe like, I don't know. Maybe like talking to people that, maybe getting into stuff like people that went to see the spirit. It was a trick question. Their attitudes and overall level of mischievousness depend largely on the tribe that's talking about them. According to some, they're helpful little forest spirits who, despite being shy, like humans and are willing to aid them in small, simple ways. So, it's not like the Wendigo and it... No, it's definitely not like the Wendigo. It it doesn't like to kill... No, it does not eat people. Yay. Well, I'm thankful for this cryptid now. The only times that they're mean is if they're uh, insulted. By now, how? Well, I mean, if you're rude to them. How? Well, if you call them names or oh. throw rocks at them or otherwise treat them poorly. Like Now, other tribes describe them as harmless tricksters, making jokes at people's expense, but not in an overly malicious way. Some tribes, though, believe that puckwudgies are dangerous and that the little folk hate people so much that they'll try to kill with their tricks. What? Dangerous? Yeah. You said aid. Well, it depends on the tribe. Oh. It One of the ways, okay. actually, because of the very description of how Puckwudgies act, it almost makes them kind of human. So. The Wampanoag tribe have an especially interesting story concerning why humans and Puckwudgies get along like they do. According to legend... A creation giant named Mousechop gave life to most of Cape Cod. As a result, the people of the area loved and paid tribute to him. However, the little puckwudgies wanted the attention. They tried to help people and showed them many things to help survive in this newly created world. But for all their effort, the people still loved Mousechop more. This made the puckwudgies bitterly jealous. In their anger, they began to torment the people. Rather than help, they irritated and destroyed. The people grew tired of the Puckwudgies and their constant harassment. Seeking help, they went to Mousechop's wife and told her their problem. She saw their plight and got Mousechop to round up as many of the Puckwudgies as he could. He shook them about until they were good and dizzy, and then threw them far and wide away from the people. Happy with his work, Mousechop decided he had earned some time off and went away for a time. And while things improved for a bit... It wasn't long before the Puckwudgie's heads cleared and they made their way back to their old home and to the people that still live there. How do you think that went? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. What do you think happened next? I don't want to know and I don't think I want to know. The Puckwudgies were angrier than before. Instead of playing irritating tricks, they became outright violent. 
They kidnapped children and lured people into the forest where they would shoot them with poisoned arrows. Once again, the people went to Maoshop's wife. Only this time, Maoshop chose not to get involved. Instead, he sent his five sons to take care of the problem. Sadly, the Pukwudgies were too crafty. They lured the sons into an area of tall grass where they were hard to spot and shot the sons with magic arrows. This enraged Maoshop and his wife, and the two of them crushed many Pukwudgies in their anger. So great was their fury, the surviving Pukwudgies fled the area to avoid the giant's wrath. Revenge, revenge, and revenge. Yeah, this story's not going very many good places, is it? Yeah. Once again, some time passed quietly before the Pukwudgies regrouped and returned. However, instead of going after the people as they previously had, they chose this time to go after Maoshop himself. They lured him out to a place where water was very deep, and it greatly slowed his movement. Once again, the Pukwudgies used their magic arrows and attacked the helpless giant. Angry at having been tricked, and still depressed over the loss of his sons, Maoshop fled, never to be seen again. By magic arrows, what magic were they using? Well, it had to be something pretty potent to take on a giant. And where did they lead him to? Like, to a sea? It just said where the water was really deep. A sea. Sure. So the Pukwudgies wound up getting their revenge. Revenge, so... So revenge, 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 revenge. Yeah, so they chased off the giant who helped the people. And that left the Pukwudgies and the people living together. Why do we even want them here anymore? You're too quiet. Why? So now we know their origin story. And now we like them some. Now we love. Now we like some of them. Seriously? I was like, starting at first, okay, I like these guys, but now, what? Kidnapping kids? Seriously? That's just mean. Well, I mean, when I think about it, I find the story pretty humanizing. The Pukwudgies don't start off evil. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can kind of see, like, the cause and effect of what made everything happen. And you can still feel bad for them while disliking them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they weren't getting the attention they wanted, but that's not really a cause to start kidnapping kids. And... Well, I mean, they're almost like the leprechauns because the leprechauns would steal babies and give them to the fairies. Also true. I had kind of forgotten about that, but you're right. Yeah. So a little more funny similarities between stuff that happened across the ocean. Yeah. Now, interestingly, one of the sources I had read noted that many other tribes, even ones that viewed the Pukwaji in a friendly manner, began to take a darker look at the creatures over time. As in so many other situations, the introduction of Christianity caused the Pukwudgies to be viewed more as a creature of the devil that was responsible for evil happenings in the villages. What? So people were believing in the Pukwudgie. It was part of their, their belief system, not maybe, maybe not part of their religion, but it was part of their culture and their lore. 
And then as people came over with new religions, such as Christianity, that frowns upon having multiple gods and believing in other things, the Pukwudgie went from being a friendly little forest spirit to being an agent or friend of the devil. So instead of stopping belief in the Pukwudgie entirely, it went from being one thing to being another. Does that make sense? So, basically, are you telling me that there's also the god, like, so, are there just devil? Like, they're saying that they're devils, but are they also, like, saying that they're also angels, some of them? No. it's It's kind of a, it's a bit of a hard concept to get into in this podcast, especially just because it, it's complicated and we don't really have the time to get into it. Well, that might be some of the why some of the tribes are not that nice. Cuz we're saying that they're some of like they're workers of the devil. Well, but again, that came later. That came after they started interacting with Europeans. Okay. Continue. Although there ha- there was something I, I I didn't get a lot of detail about it, but somehow Pukwudgies were also associated with shadow people. That hung around them. Shadow people? I, I don't know. It sounded really creepy, and I didn't find a lot of information about it, so I didn't... So, shadow people. Yeah, so, uh, I, I don't know if they follow them around, like, it looks like a a, a normal person, but, like, a shadow. Um, it, it sounded really creepy. Um, actually, it... If I had found more information about it, I probably would have mentioned it more, but I didn't, so I just kind of let it go. Actually, um... You said, when you said shadow people, I remembered something, like, so, I don't know if they wanted you to, like, know, like, if they wanted you to know a cryptid, because on the Xbox, we actually have, um, Hello Neighbor, and there's a shadow person in it. What's the shadow person do? Uh, he usually stays in the basement a lot. Um, he's got- staying with the creepy. Wacky hair, he has no mouth. Two white eyes, and sometimes if you get caught by him, he'll his eyes will flash in your face. Alrighty then. Yeah, I know. So let's move back out of the creepy stuff here. Yeah. Because I don't want to creep kids out about the shadow person. Well, so let's talk more about the Pukwudgie. Alright. I spent a while talking about where they came from, but I haven't really talked much about their powers. Which is sad, because they have a lot of them. What? What What kind of stuff do you think the Pukwudgie can do, besides the magic arrows? Um... If you had to guess, what do, what do you think a Pukwudgie can do? Speed. Uh, poison, because you said poison. Uh, fire. Water. Leaping. Um... Resistance, maybe, like resistance for something. Uh, maybe also like trap, like a trap fast. Like I don't know how you make that. So let's see here. Looking at my list, I don't know. <laughs> they're like leprechauns in the way that they're able to suddenly appear and disappear. So that oh! could that could maybe be speed, but maybe it's teleportation. Maybe you never know. They can also shape shift. 
shapeshift? Yep, they can turn into small animals and stuff like that. So you're telling me that we could, so somebody could actually possibly get a dog? That's a puckwudgie? Yeah. I suppose that's possible. That's creepy. So it's also probably why they're so hard to find. Yeah, it might be. Well, maybe we have some here. Because we've seen a lot of bun- a lot of cats lately. The pug cat. I don't want to look at that. It's not all fun in games, though. They have some darker powers as well. Apart from their magical arrows, they can also control little balls of light that they use to lure the people into the woods. Oh, that was the luring? Yeah, so it also sounds like a yet another cryptid um, that we haven't talked about called the Will-O-Wisp. The Will-O-Wisp. Or Will-of-the-Wisp. Okay. That's another one that comes from Europe. I think I think more of an Irish kind of thing. Okay, I don't want to get into that because that would be spoiler. What? Will-O-Wisp. Spoiler alert. Oh. Yeah. Well, so you know, you know in the movie Brave? Yeah. Oh, those? Yeah, kind of like that. The ones that were leading her towards the creepy house? Yeah. It, it would be something like that, so they can control little balls of light like that. Uh, could it change its house? Like, if it had a house? Uh, like, I'm wondering if that's actually... If that's actually the thing. Because I'm wondering, where does the Will-O-Wisp come from? Um, I want to say it's kind of a, an Irish, Scottish, British, like, like, British Isles kind of thing. Like Brave, sort of, because I'm pretty sure they're around that. And in some legends, they're able to cause misfortune just by staring at the person. Staring contest misfortune. Apparently they can just stare you down so and cause going, bad things to happen. So they're basically going to be like... Yeah, and then bad things oh, happen. Oh, uh, uh. Like, misfortune, what do you mean? Like, like the, it's like all of a sudden somebody's like, uh, wait, what does it mean? What does misfortune mean? Bad stuff. A lot of times people refer to misfortune as bad luck. It's kind of the same thing. So maybe it can go like, so maybe it can go like staring at you and then the person's just like, I'm waving. Whack into a tree. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny, though. I'm just saying that an angry puckwudgie would be very tough to deal with. Yeah. I mean, teleportation, will-o'-wisp, and... Yeah, that... That's scary. I have some encounter info, too. Oh, really? Yeah. For example, in the 1990s, a woman named Joan was walking her dog on a path in the forest. Her dog bolted off the path, and she went after it. When the dog came to a sudden stop, Joan saw that they were standing in front of, in her words, a troll. She claimed it was about two feet tall with pale gray skin. It had a big belly and short legs. His face had big lips and a long nose. The two of them stared at each other for several seconds before the dog took off again, back to the trail. Maybe the dog was... One of them, except he was just, like, acting to be scared and, like, leading her to... Oh, so you're saying the dog was in cahoots with it? 
Yeah. Well, that's possible because yeah. Joan didn't know what to make of the whole thing, and she never got a chance to forget about it. Because why did it run towards it? Well, it's a fair question. And then afterwards, more than once, she would spot the creature staring at her through her bedroom window at night. <gasps> this went on for 10 years. It only stopped because she moved to a different county. That is creepy! Stalker mode on! Jeez! Yeah, I, I, and I, apart from the creepy staring, though, I do want to point out that it never tried to do anything to her. That is still stalker mode anyways, because it's like just watching you every night. Weird. Creepy. Yeah, it's pretty creepy. Oh. If, like, I saw that on the first night, I would be like, move. Yeah, ten years does seem like a long time to put up with that. Yeah! I mean, every night you'll be falling asleep, and then you're like, why do I feel... Like something's looking at me. Oh, because it is! <laughs> Yikes, that is scary! Yikes, I don't want that. Yeah, so there you have it. I guess she... The puck wedgie, what do you think? I guess she stared at it too long and got mad. Maybe, you know, again, an angry Pukwudgie. <laughs> Bad luck. Thanks. So, yeah, like I said, there there you have it. What do you think of the Pukwudgie? Is it a harmless little forest creature? Or is it something dangerous to avoid at all costs? I'm in the mids with it, because it doesn't really, like, some of them don't do a bunch of things to you, but if you get them angry, stalker mode, on. Still, like, ah! Why do I feel washed? Yeah! Uh, you ready for bed now? Uh, maybe. You might want to close your blinds for once. Yeah. And I think that's going to wrap us up. Once again, I'm Sean. I'm Elias. And you've been listening to Kid Cryptid. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Thank you.